everyone. This is Dr. Karen Hardy, and welcome to Flip This Risk. Today, my guest is Jeff Hoffman, and Jeff is the chairman of the Global Entrepreneurs Network, plus other great and fascinating uh, initiatives and projects he has worked on to actually benefit so many people who are seeking to change their lives and also to impact the world. And as you know, Flip This Risk is all about interviewing high achievers and understanding their relationship with risk taking and how that influences their leadership ability. So welcome, Jeff, to the show. Thanks, Karen. Thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure to have you. And let me tell you, um, right off the, the start, you know, we're, we're in this environment right now of heightened uncertainty. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, the talk, it's the talk of the town. And um, it's a level of uncertainty that, that can either paralyze us or propel us to something. And when I say paralyze, what I'm talking about is, you know, at the individual level, a lot of, because a lot of creativity and innovation and novelty happens at the individual level, but it can get clogged up. Um, so what would you say, or what should our creative mindset be right now? Well, you know, you always have to, entrepreneurs are the ultimate optimists anyway, right? Um, yeah. But uh, uh, certainly uh, we have to, you know, respect and understand the negatives, right? The, the, the bad part of times like this in many different areas. Um, but the only thing you can do is move forward. Right, and right. so in forward, the best thing to do is look for opportunities to make things better. And the silver lining of chaos and disruption is that chaos and disruption are the breeding grounds of opportunity. Mm -hmm. So that's where entrepreneurial people say, it, whenever there's a mess, what can I make out of it that will make things better? So I think we should be on the lookout for opportunity at this time, again, because opportunity and I mean, chaos and disruption create new opportunities to do things better than we were doing them before. Uh, so I always I always look for this, look at these times as, as a, a big wide open invitation. Oh, I love that. In fact, back in November, before this pandemic and crisis started, I had uh, spoke at an event that was held at Harvard um, School of Education. And I, I chose the topic of embracing chaos. And I didn't know that it would be something that was so relevant now, but I was speaking of, you know, when it comes to chaos, it's pretty much what you're saying. When you embrace it, there's a lot of benefits to embracing chaos. People will abandon things and then you have the opportunity to slip into places you otherwise wouldn't have. Do you see That's a lot exactly of that happening right. right now? That's exactly right. You have to have that mindset. You have to sit down and say, Chaos is happening, disruptions happening, unrest is happening because something's broken, right? So mm -hmm. that's when you say, how could I fix it? And how could I fix it differently than it was done before because it wasn't working before? So I always try to say, what's the problem? What are new solutions that, that we didn't have before, which is why it didn't work before? And is there a way to make it better? So of course you have, have to have an, an appetite for opportunity, right? But what about the appetite for risk? Because, I mean, we have to be realistic in, in seeing that where there's opportunity, there's a level of risk. Our, how do we get ready to take on that appetite? Sure, so I, I'm gonna continue to use the word entrepreneur, but I wanna define it. Because when I say entrepreneur, sometimes people 
self-select. They say, oh, I'm not an entrepreneur because they think it's tech or that you necessarily have to own your own business, which you don't necessarily. Let's be clear, mm -hmm. entrepreneurship is a mindset, right? It's a yes. skill set. But when I say entrepreneur, I don't mean you own your own tech company. What I mean, and, and I actually uh, have always kind of wanted to change the, the word. Instead of entrepreneurship, I wanted to use self-determination. So for the rest of this podcast, my definition of entrepreneurship, is, entrepreneur is somebody that wants to design the future. That's all I mean by that, okay? So I don't want people to tune out. They're listening, thinking I'm talking about tech or money or anything else. Entrepreneurs are people that say, I don't like the way things are, but I got an idea to make them better. That's all that we mean here. So by definition, uh, risk is the very center of that decision. Mm -hmm. There is a sign I used to in my office that said, being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff and trying to build an airplane on the way down. Yeah. And that's what entrepreneurs do. They jump yeah. off and they hope they can have enough, they have enough parts and enough time to build an airplane before they hit the bottom. That is the nature of it. And the reason those opportunities exist is because so many people are afraid of risk. So many people mm. take the safe path and stay in the middle that the, the innovators, right? The quote, some people that are sometimes called crazy at the beginning. <laughs> right. That just weren't afraid to try. Obviously, a very recent example is Elon Musk, needless to say, as we all watched his yeah, rocket SpaceX. Yeah. When everybody told him he was crazy. Well, if he accepted that and never jumped off that cliff, we would not have been watching that. That doesn't mean you succeed all that time. It means that that what you that if the choice is between failing and not trying, the risk you don't want to take is the risk of never trying anything. Entrepreneurs aren't afraid yeah. to fail. We take risks, but the risk we can't take is spending our whole life wondering what we might have done if we had only tried. I love that, Jeff, because one of the things I try to do here through this podcast is to, you know, help millions of people address the crippling fear of risk because holding us back from a lot of opportunity and things we have never imagined before opportunities to contribute as well. But I like the fact that you, you mentioned the mindset piece because I was going to go there eventually in our conversation. Um, we naturally think that entrepreneurs are the only ones that have an entrepreneurial mindset. When in actuality, there's a lot of people running businesses, corporations, nonprofits. They aren't entrepreneurs per se, but they have the mindset of that. How important is, is it for people to understand that? Yeah, I think that's really important because like I said, some people sort of select themselves out and say, I'm not an entrepreneur yeah. or I can't be, and they start closing off their thinking. Um, and, and, and again, it's important to realize it's simply the mindset of problem solving. Entrepreneurs mm -hmm. do two things. They own a problem. They don't walk away from it like everybody else. Everyone else yeah. says, oh, that's a big mess, but it looks hard, so I'm not going to do anything. Entrepreneurs own it when everyone else walks away. And then entrepreneurs focus on a newer and better solution than we used to have. So you can do that in everything that you do. I actually heard two uh, moms the other day. Mm -hmm. uh, one mom was talking about the, uh, all the things they're dealing with, with this moment in time, uh, having their kids home from school. And the other mom said, she said, I just sat down and thought, I'm going to have to redesign the way I manage my kids' day-to-day -day life right now. And so she took it as a wide open opportunity. Instead of, you know, instead of kind of limping along, she said, I'm mm -hmm. going to take the 
fresh opportunity to do better, to design my kid's day and my family's day and create new learning opportunities and new family activities. And so her entrepreneurial mindset was, here's the problem. The problem is kids' schools closed because of COVID. Mm -hmm. The opportunity though is that I could actually make the days better than they used to be for my kids and my family, and for us to have more educational opportunities and more family moments. Exactly. And so she said, I'm gonna figure this out. And so I thought that was a really good example of entrepreneurial thinking. And for everybody that's, that's faced in any kind of chaos in your world, think your way out of it. So it doesn't matter if you're in government, if you're in a big corporation, or if you're a mom, everybody can adopt the mindset of entrepreneurial thinking. Excellent. I love that because my thought is that, you know, risk management, the whole crisis has also amplified the skill set of managing risk or risk management. And I've always felt that, and this is what I'm doing is, you know, that conversation, we need to redefine how we talk and think about risk management all the way from the C-suite to the barber down the, down the street. It's a global conversation. Everyone's invited to the table. With that said, you know, you have a long uh, history of great projects you've invested in that have led to enormous opportunities. I want to talk a little bit about that. Um, I understand you started at Priceline.com. You had done some innovative work there. Given that, what, what has been some of the biggest risks you have taken yourself? So there's no doubt that, that at the launch of Priceline, that was a huge risk, um, just because of the fact that the internet was new. And the mm -hmm. question was, would you buy something from someone you've never seen, never met, there's no face, there's no human, and you have to give them your credit card. So yeah. getting of the internet, it was a huge risk. It's, it, people forget that because unless you were one of the sort of relatively small number of us at the beginning that said, let's try to talk people into buying stuff online instead of going to stores or, or talking to people, um, that was a risk, but that's not the one I wanna pick. Um, okay. The first risk for me, came before that because I had a good corporate job and mm -hmm. I had a good engineering job in the corporate world at a big engineering company and it wasn't a good fit for me. Mm -hmm. Remember, there's no right or wrong, Karen. This is just about your DNA. Right. Uh, but for me, the environment wasn't working and I quit my job overnight. No salary, no benefits, no food in the house. Quit my engineering job um, to start something, to be an mm -hmm. entrepreneur. Um, and that was really scary. But the risk, and I mentioned this before, yeah. I was less afraid of my very first startup uh, was was those uh, was in the travel business as well that mm -hmm. one that resulted in the airport ticket uh, mm -hmm. air, airport ticket kiosks that you check in. Yeah. We can come back to that, but the risk that I was thinking about was not the risk of can a little company create kiosks, a product, and sell it to airports all over the world when you're a little company and airports airlines are big companies. That that's the obvious risk. But that's not the risk I was worried about. Mm -hmm. The risk I was worried about was if I don't do something, I literally felt like I was going to spend 30 years in the same cubicle and just intellectually wither and die because yeah. my job was not challenging me and I was not growing. So the, uh, the risk people don't think of is the risk of never changing anything and never like trying anything, never chasing any dream. That risk bothered me way more than the risk of starting a company and wondering if I could sell one of these kiosks to an airline. My goodness. I mean, that's powerful because right now, because of COVID and the, the crisis that we're looking at, people 
have this window of time and opportunity to decide whether they're going to do a pivot or if they're going to stay and be status quo for their own own lives, the, the area that they can have a, a fear influence over. You know, what can they do to walk themselves through their, through their thought process to get them to, I need to make that jump or change now? Sure. That's a great question. So there was something I learned over time. I didn't know this at the beginning. Um, again, risk, right, implies failure. That's what we're at risk of, of something going bad. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a risk. And, you know, that comes frequently uh, for most people. Uh, risk equals unknown. It's the fear of the unknown. What if this doesn't work? What am I going to do? What's going to happen to me? So the what if part of risk, the fear of the unknown, is what scares people the most. And I developed a technique that from, works for me that really helps me with risk now. And here's what I do. I sit down and I do this. It's kind of like a tree where you go out every branch to see what's at the end. Yeah. I do this uh, risk analysis, but what I do is, it's a personal one. Yeah. I do the worst case of every what if, yeah. right? And, I, and I, I actually put myself there mentally and emotionally. So for example, I will go through and say, I'm quitting this job, I have no salary. That's what I did, right? right. No benefits, no food, nothing anymore. And, I, and I'm gonna start this startup. And then I went through every possible path, the what if. What if, and I always do the worst case. What is the worst, what's the worst thing that could happen to me? I completely run out of money and my my startup fails, my idea fails. So now I've spent every last dime, my credit cards are maxed and I failed and my doors are closed. I have no chance of revenue. So of course, that's a giant risk. And I, I write all the risks down, medium risks and high risk and the worst Hello. case. Yeah. And I write them all down because they're all branches of the tree of, you know, of your life, the paths you might go down. And yeah. then I go to that worst one and I say, in the absolute case, worst case, how bad is it? And I, I, I kind of give myself perspective. Well, let's see. I'll be broke, but I won't be dying of cancer, right? My health <laughs> yeah. is fine. My family will not have disappeared and gone to another planet, right? The people I care about still care about me. So then I said, what would I do? And I said, well... I guess I could apply for a job. Where would you apply for a job? And I started writing down places. What kind of jobs? What kind of job do you think you could get if you absolutely needed it? And where? Who might help you get it? Do you have a resume that you could get that job with? Do you have a place you would go search for jobs? So I prepared all those things. I wrote yeah. the resume I would use. I looked on job sites. I looked at what kind of jobs there were, where they were, how I would need to go about pitching them. By the time I was done, acting as if the worst case happened and playing out that scenario yeah i said you know what it ain't good but it's not so bad right if the whole thing fails and the risk is the worst case then i've already got this resume i already know where i go where i'm going to go i already know who i'll call i even went way back then i wrote down a couple people but i probably could borrow a little money from until i get a job yeah. i wrote their names down so the process of walking through the worst case scenario and closing your eyes and living it yeah. made me realize it's not so bad i will survive the sun will rise again the next day i can take this risk if you leave it as an unknown it's super scary yeah you know i actually teach uh, that's what i do is teach people that you know first of all uh there are no absolutes but we do look for reasonable assurance somewhere and going through an exercise like that and, and showing people 
you know, methods for doing that can make a difference. I don't think people know that there's tools to actually help them do that. They're just, I think wing, you're they're, right. they're just winging it for the most part and, you know, and uh, help them do that. But just based on your experience, do you think risk taking is a selfish act though, Jeff? I mean, how did that affect people around you versus, did it make them better too? I mean, what does that dynamic look like? Yeah, it did because it, it too many people live too much of their life ruled by fear, right? Fear prevents us from having so many experiences in our lives and, and, and living a much richer and fuller life because we're just afraid of too many things. So when I led by example, remember when I said, you know, using that same analogy that, that uh, uh, being an entrepreneur is like jumping off a cliff, as mm -hmm. I said, right? And, uh, right. Uh, so when I jumped, and everybody else that was afraid stood back and said, oh no, what's <laughs> yeah. gonna happen to Jeff? And not only did I come back up, but I came back up laughing and smiling and said, oh my, it's like the first time a kid jumps off the high dive at a pool or something. Yeah. And they're scared to death. Then your, your kid jumps and then they're like, I wanna go again, I wanna go again. That was so much fun, right? So when I came back out and I survived and I told everybody that was amazing. I learned so much. I grew so much. So many things happened to me. Other people, they wait to see what's going to happen to you, but it definitely has an impact. Yeah. They say, well, now I can't just sit here and do nothing anymore. When I see that some risk that risks aren't all bad. And that sometimes when you take a risk, the reward it's, it's one of my employees wrote on my wall once because i used to say this all the time i used to tell them no guts no glory mm -hmm. and so they actually made like a painting of it and put it on the wall because i would tell them you, you know correct if you don't you know we, we also had go big or go home on the wall if you mm -hmm. don't take big chances you never have chance you'll never get a shot at big successes yeah. at the big moments in your life so the way that it affects people is when they see that you not only survived, but you thrived and your life was elevated to the next level, they are way more likely to jump off their own little cliff yeah. when they see it as possible. I tell you, that's so um, magnificent in terms of influencing other people. But eventually people have to make a step, right? They, they do. do have to go into some form of action to make the change that they want. And I think right now is great. I know it's there's some very sad stories, but it's great right now because it's the collective effort now. Everyone is dealing with the same issue in terms of dealing with the situation. Now, what you make out of it is your decision. But when you have people who have, you have access to them now that you never had access before, and they're sharing and dropping knowledge and wisdom about these are the steps and these are the things you can do because the next day is going to come the time of whatever that new normal is where are you going to sit when that happens are you going to be a, a consumer of that new normal or creator of that new normal what are some things people can start doing to be yeah, at that right. table there, there, i mean for example there are three huge areas uh for that that some people are going to uh uh, design and some people, like you, you said it right, they're going to create and some are going to just consume. But I mean, let's look at the three huge opportunities. One of them is the future of education. All school systems all over the world were not ready to send your kids home and parents were not ready to teach kids at home and students in many cases were not ready or didn't even have the equipment to do a virtual education and online. 
So what it pointed out to all of us is it's time to upgrade education. The whole next, the whole future of education is in question. Mm -hmm. So wait and see how it turns out, or you can take, you can have ideas and start creating the future of education. The same thing goes for the future of work, right? All of us. There were so many companies that have never had a remote employee. They didn't even know what the word telework means. Right. And now all employees were forced to be sent home and figure out a way to be productive from home. So again, a lot of us are looking for productivity tools, but some people are going to design them. Some people are going to create the tools of tomorrow to let you and I be more effective. And as you just said a minute ago, share ideas with each other in ways we never could when we had to meet in the office. When we're at the coffee shop or the restaurant, and then the third one that's huge is online medicine. What this medicine, pandemic yeah. showed us was that not everybody could get to doctors, get to a hospital, get the care that they needed, and we needed to be able to access doctors and medicine and preventative care using technology from our home. And so there's three huge industries that are changing the you know the new norm that are the new normal and. There are industrious people right now trying to figure out how to be part of that. And there's other people waiting to see what it's going to look like. Absolutely. I tell you, like you said before, lots of opportunities. You got to be ready for it. Um, you know, there's a whole host. Some of my audience are professional risk managers. That's what they do for a living. Now, they've been thrust into the limelight as well. I mean, some people say that's the hottest job right now. But the thing about that is that uh, how people interpret the role of that profession is, you know, is up for discussion. You just don't want to be seen as someone that's uh, perfect for the crisis. You want to be, you know, in a position to help people strategize and manage risk better within the organization. What can those professionals do? Because you talked about it being a mindset, right? It's just not for entrepreneurs. You know, you don't have to run a company uh, to right. be an entrepreneur, Absolutely. right? What do risk professionals, based on the information I gave, you probably have limited information about it, but what can they do to position themselves to influence those internal CEOs? They have a hard time making hard decisions. Sure, so it's really good news for uh, risk management professionals. And the reason is, the the big shock to the system that everybody had was that nobody had a plan nobody ever had a plan for what if you have to send all of your employees home and the whole country shuts down no one had a plan yeah so for a lockdown and quarantine so what every executive is thinking now is what else have i not thought of in my risk profile what else could happen to me if this happened again a lockdown or what else so everybody is a potential customer now for risk managers that wasn't before because yeah. they all thought, eh, it's fine, it's gonna be okay. Now they got a giant, you know, hit with a brick yeah. right in the face. And they said, well, that hurt, I wasn't ready, and I don't want that to happen again. So, you know, it's not only recovering from this one, but, you know, mm -hmm. the, the for risk managers to CEOs and executives right now is, the next time a surprise comes, are you really ready? Because I asked you last year and you said, I'm fine. This yeah. <laughs> year, they're all going to say, I don't know. You better you better talk to me. What? How do I go through risk assessment and how do I make plans, recovery and disaster plans that companies didn't have? The only disaster recovery plan most people had was their servers. Yeah. What if my server goes down? What if no one said, what if the country goes down? It yeah. just didn't happen. So. It's really good timing for you to sit down with executives and say, let's what if, 
what are all what other crazy things might happen in the world because no one anticipated this crazy and do you as an executive or as a leader really have a plan because most people do not yeah well we definitely found that out that most of them do not and hopefully we don't want to repeat the same habits for the most part so you're chairman of the global entrepreneur Net network what are some of the projects you're working on now you know they help um, people pivot and get ready for this new normal sure so you know we've been doing uh well, i'll tell you a couple of them um one of them so as my main role at global entrepreneurship network um we are doing a lot of like you're doing podcasts and workshops now we're spending time uh talking to to small businesses about how to reopen mm -hmm. right we're, we're putting together tips and advice for reopening but we are also doing our own program it turned out that when the data came out in the small business world the, the u.s government set up the ppp program paycheck mm -hmm. protection plan mm -hmm. and data came out at the beginning no one knew but when the data came out it showed on a very unfortunate result minority-owned businesses in america had more than a 90 percent rejection rate they're not getting the money yeah it's we, the ones we looked at the two worst were hispanic-owned businesses and black-owned businesses in america were rejected more than 90 percent of the time so they, they put together that whatever giant stimulus package, but it didn't get to many, many small business owners and especially minority ones. So we teamed with a, a small business resource company called Hello Alice, along with Jen, Global Entrepreneurship Network. Mm -hmm. And we've been doing a mentorship and, and grant program. We give out $10,000 cash grants to small business owners, not loans, just grants and not government money, just, just money we've put together. Uh, and that's one I think you've seen that uh, in the Latino market, my my uh, good friend Pitbull, the singer, yeah. he's helping me get the message out. That market, we started with the Latino market, now we're gonna focus on the African-American market. But uh, so we have a program, again, to give $10,000 cash grants to small business owners who literally can't keep alive without it. Yeah. Um, that That's a big program. And then Dream Tank that you mentioned earlier is a project we just launched um, to uh, bring kids to the table, um, to have youth groups around the country and around the globe at the table discussing what is the future of school and should, can't we be part of the design, right? And, you know, a lot of the youth came to us and said, we want to be part of the, the discussion of eradicating racism, yeah. right? We see it on TV. We see COVID on TV. We hear our parents talking. Right, they're sitting there and listening and dealing with all this, but no one's asking them, what would you do? So right. what we said was, let's let's organize youth problem-solving teams all over the country and let kids, ask our kids if they have any ideas, because it turns out they do. Those are probably my main activities here. I love it. Asking the kids, because you're getting raw, authentic answers. <laughs> Unfiltered, exactly. right? And yeah. I mean, some of, the, yeah, some of the best ideas are coming from there. So, um, Jeff, as we wrap up, is, is there anything else you want to leave with the audience in, in terms of what you're going to be doing next and any contact information? Uh, yeah, the easiest thing I, I have, uh, you know, uh, well, let me let me do a couple of things. Sure. If, you, if you're in need of the $10,000 grants we're doing, we call it COVID19BusinessCenter.com. It's just the number 19, COVID19BusinessCenter.com. Um, if you're interested in getting more involved in entrepreneurship and learning about it, Global Entrepreneurship Network is gen, G-E-N, genglobal.org. Um, then uh, 
My personal website is jeffhoffman.com and my email is just jeff at jeffhoffman.com. So right now we're focusing on trying to, and the youth organization, by the way, is Dream Tank, like Shark Tank, but dreamtank.co.co, not .com. Those are all things I'm involved in. You're welcome to reach out or reach out to me directly. Um, uh, but I think you can see the focus there. We need to help yeah. people plan for future risks and be ready. We need to spread entrepreneurial thinking. We need to involve our kids in the solutions, not just leave them there passively. And we need to reach out and help our neighbors get through tough times right now. I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I think your skill set and just your, your your drive to help people so needed right now. I appreciate your time for being here too, so we can spread your message and the work that Thank you're you. doing and get people more involved. And that's what we should be doing right now. Thank you. So put, Thank you. we're all putting our money where our mouth is and our effort and our expertise, and this is what we're creating. So thank you so much for being here. Thanks and again I, for having me and stay safe. Absolutely. And I want to thank everyone for watching today. I'm Dr. Karen Hardy. You can check out flipthisrisk.tv or flipthisriskacademy.com and I'll check you next time.